You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. to the Two Stars One Cup podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Shippy. You can follow me on Twitter at Shippy Fun Sports. And joining me, as always, is my man Craig Ludwig. Now, on the last episode, uh, Luds, we kind of just went over, you know, what happened over the offseason with the Dallas Stars since we hadn't really gotten a chance to um, discuss that previously. But now let's take a look at, you know, around the, the league, around the Central Division, or I guess. It's tough to what really. What is the central division? I don't even know what it is anymore. And that's what I was about to say. I was like, let's look at our division rivals and the moves that they've made. But, you know, I know part of this whole weird season alignment is part of the part of the deal is we don't know who's going to be in each other's division. And there it seems like they're going to realign the divisions for one season based on geographic location to limit travel and things like that. And I even saw some reports of, um, you know, different. Like, I guess where they'd play, like, two games. So, like, if it was the Stars and the Blackhawks. Yeah. Uh, you could bring – they could even bring a couple teams into Dallas. Say say St. Louis and Chicago comes to Dallas, and they mm-hmm. play, like, a little round robin, two games each or something like that. They stay in that same building. Yeah. I'm sure that they've looked at all different scenarios here, what, what they'd like to be able to do. Um, and that's why I go back to what I said earlier. There's going to be two games in three nights. There's going to be three and five. There could be three and four. Um, and, and uh, they don't, I haven't heard any conversation about the players need time to rest once in a while too. And not only that, you never get to practice. So you get off to a bad start and, and coaches, coaches always want to medal. They want to have their fingers and everything. And now all of a sudden you got one day in between your next game. They don't even get to go on. I mean, they won't bring guys on the ice. If they do, they'll bring six guys on the ice and there's nothing they can work on. So it's almost like saying, Hey, here's our training camp, whether it's for five days or 10 days. And here's how we're going to play. And we'll see you guys at the end of the regular season because I don't know how much time we're going to get to practice. So there's mm-hmm. so many things that are up in the air here. And how often are they going to play? And and then what happens with injuries? <clears throat> what happens when guys start getting hurt and or get or get COVID? And that and see that's why they've got to build in these buffers. So they're going to have a yeah. schedule, and then you're going to have a couple weeks where we can put games in here. We got to leave this open here because we may have to put a game in there. So now all of a sudden, all those days start stretching out. And this time that we're talking about trying to get 58, 48 games in, in my opinion, there's no way they're playing less than 48. I don't know if they've ever played less than 48. I I think there's been a couple times they played 48 in the lockouts or strikes or whatever they were. But um, so to me, they've got to start beginning of February. But um, and yeah, you're right. And and if they're if you if you believe anything that they say in the news, you know, it's going to get really bad in the next couple months. And so, and that's, I said, now the testing, and then they're going to be going from one building to another building. Then you're going to be playing buildings where NBA players are playing in, which is the way it started in the beginning. So, you know, there's a lot of concerns that are going on here with the league and, and those guys, and they did such a great job in the bubbles um, that they want to be able to get as close as they can to that, but they know that it's not going to be like that. And we've got to find windows here where we can make up some games because this one's going to get canceled. And so we have to be able to plug it in here somewhere. 
Well, I guess then let's just uh, talk about, you know, playoff opponents that made big moves that the Stars played against. You know, you got- I can tell you this right now. In my opinion, this is going out on a limb, but the Colorado Avalanche are going to be a team. They're going to be insane. <laughs> they, uh, you know, I look at that, and I think Dallas is very fortunate to get by. But again, they lost both their goaltenders. They lost their top defenseman. That's what happens in the playoffs, and you you know you deal with it. But yeah, they they are to me they're going to be the team to beat. Um, they're young, they're fast. Uh, now they know what playoff experience is about. Um, they know the war of attrition in order to be able to get through playoff rounds. How you've got to you know navigate that. Um, <clears throat> I thought Devin Caves was a really underrated acquisition. Well, that's just another casualty of a salary cap thing you know you go back to the islanders and lou they've got to figure out how to sign matt barzell and yeah well that's why they had to move a guy like that because they can't pay him but the guy that led them in scoring and was on an all-star team two out of the three years that he's been playing one rookie of the year they're going to sign him <coughs> knowing lou they'll sign him to a two-year deal or a three-year bridge deal um although they did lose uh, johnny boychuk so there's some money that frees up there to pay him. Um, but Taze, all he did is he, <coughs> sorry, he just now solidified that, that decor. Yeah. Coming in as a good number four, number three, possibly. Uh, so it's hard to find any holes in that team. Yeah. It seems like, you know, and then you go on to the Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas golden Knights who went out and picked up Alex Petrangelo. They just want to win a cup every year. Yeah. Why don't the stars want to do that? I, I you know what? I, it's about managing your money. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but there's some players that they had to let go. <clears throat> the only downside to that, that I see what Vegas has done is, uh, Nate Schmidt, who's a defenseman. They let go. Yeah. He had seven years left on a deal. They just signed a six or seven year deal. There were a couple other players that they left go and that they had signed uh, some deals. You start to get a reputation as a team that, hey, I think I'm going to be here for five or six years. I signed a great deal, and all of a sudden you're gone. And I think you want to be, you don't want to go down that line too far because now all of a sudden free agency, Petrangelo, he signs for seven or eight years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. What if they trade him in five years or four years? You know, because now you get that reputation. And I think that kind of goes a long way for agents and players saying, well, yeah, I can sign for three years or five years or six years, but I don't know if I'm going to be there for one or two years. I'm going to move my family from where we are over to there. Uh, but that being said, they've got an owner that from day one, when they played game one, their goal was to go win a Stanley Cup, and they made it to the finals the very first year that they came around. So they have a winning mentality, which you love, um, but they're always going to be that team. I mean, they're always going to be, I, I think that, I didn't have Dallas getting past them. I can tell you that much. Uh, mm-hmm. I I thought that Vegas was going to be in the finals again. As a matter of fact, I may have told my friends to pick them. Uh, but no, I didn't. I told them to pick allegedly, them. Allegedly, allegedly, maybe. I, I did tell I did tell my kids and everybody to take Tampa. Um, <laughs> so, uh, but so St. Louis, Vegas, St. Louis. You know, Petrangelo moves out. They're bringing Krug in the back there. But I think they're counting on uh, Pareko, guys like that. That are going to have a big year, so they 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 couldn't. I know that Army couldn't get past the extra year that Petrangelo wanted. Um, they've got a Doug Armstrong to me since he's been in Dallas and kind of came under uh, Bob Gainey. I think he's one of the best GMs in the league. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you know they've got a philosophy there that an army used this this comment the other day and i was listening to them it's about the pack it's not about the wolf and so they want to be able to have a team and that's kind of the way we always were and you know i think army got some of that here it came from ganey from montreal and it was here and they don't want to overpay one or two players and uh-huh. we want to have a team that's a solid club and we're, we want everybody to feel that they're as valuable whether you're making the three million or the six million I don't think they have a player over seven million on that team, and so that allows them to bring in some other players and, and get them in where they want to get them. So, um, I think St. Louis is going to be for me. St. Louis will be about uh, Bennington. I mean, can he come back? They got a young kid coming in there, um, goaltender wise, and they'll see if he pans out. But to me, I, I don't think Petrangelo is a really, really good defenseman. I think uh, Tory Kruger is a real good defenseman. I think their goals are probably going to go up a little bit. He's a good power play guy. I think he's probably going to be better than Petrangelo on the power play. He won't be better than him in his own zone. Um, mm-hmm. So they m- may lose a little bit there, but there's such a a team, <clears throat> such a solid team at both ends of the rink. Um, they kind of cover each other up. So I think I think St. Louis is always going to be, you know, in that mix. Um, Chicago, you know, they're still in that rebuilding kind of thing, which is good for us because we like beating them when we can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and again. But yeah. it won't matter if we're not in the same division. Yeah. Well, that, that'll be what's going to be interesting about, I mean, there's talk about the uh, three teams going to the West just because of the time time zone thing. So it'll be interesting to see where that pans out. I think right now we're hoping that all has to happen because if it happens, it means we're at least we got a season Yeah, you know, that we're talking about this kind of stuff. So I don't know what we're going to talk about on the hockey podcast network. If there's no season. Wow. Well, I can talk about a lot of things. They ain't got a lot to do with hockey, though. So and they, and you know what? They're totally fine with that. You know, It'll be entertaining. <laughs> and and uh, speaking of entertaining, I do have plans. Uh, I haven't told you this yet, but I do want um, a segment that we do periodically on this podcast to be uh, story time with Luds. You know, where you can uh, you can just kind of tell me some stories, or I'll ask about certain things, and yep. uh, we can kind of give the uh, the viewers and the listeners uh, a little look inside. You know. Maybe what's what it's like to hang out with Hatch or something like that. <laughs> okay. All right, you ask, I'll tell. All right. Um, speaking of the whole mentality of the, you know, it's about the pack, not the wolf. Taylor Hall signs with the Buffalo Sabers. Now, on the ICC, you know, he's a great player, but it seems like wherever he goes, there seems to be some sort of issue around him, and it just seems like that's an interesting spot to bring in Taylor Hall when you've got so much young talent that's on the rise is there any concern am i off base there or would you have any concern with taylor hall and maybe his effect on some of your younger guys like that? no not i don't think i think taylor hall is a quiet kind of player i think there's this little cloud that's followed him around every time he goes someplace yeah the team does shitty for some reason yeah and and i and i don't think that's what he is i think i think he's gonna play with jack eichel this year I, that's what i think yeah. but that's fun yeah and, and so and you got skinner on that team they got a good top six in buffalo there but, yeah. but I think that I think he wanted a longer deal and they obviously weren't in a position to give him a longer deal. And I think that I think a lot of it has to do with what Eichel kind of started in the summer where he had talked about, you know, I'm tired of losing. And, and then they spun it into he was asking to be traded, which he says that wasn't what it meant. But Taylor Hall is there because they're trying to keep Jack Eichel happy. Yeah, and show him we're going to bring in. Here's a here's the top free agent. We're going to give him to you. Yeah, I think what you know, Hall probably wanted seven eight million. You know, I don't know what he wanted for how many years, but he takes eight million for one year, and he's going to go. Okay, I'm going to play with Eichel. I'm going to play with Skinner. 
Um, Stahl's there now. Um, they're probably going to have a pretty good power play. And, and maybe Hall ends up getting 25, 35 goals or something like that that he did a couple of years ago when he was the MVP of the league. And next thing you know, the NHL is kind of back, although it's never going to be back because this, this salary cap is going to be flat for the next three, four, five years. So it's going to be at 80-some million. It, is, it isn't going up because there's no revenue going up right now. So yeah. that's why all these players right now, a lot of teams I think are getting bargains. Uh, there's players out there. Dallas got a couple of them. And, and good for Haskinen. Like, like, let that guy, I hope his agent saying, let's just wait, wait, wait. We're not signing anything until there's a little mm -hmm. bit more money in the in the kitty. So, um, but I think with Taylor Hall, uh, he's betting on himself. And he's going to give me, give me a one-year deal and uh, I'll take the 8 million and I'm going to play with that guy and that other guy on the other side and we'll put up some numbers and now I've got the leverage, whether it's going to be in Buffalo next year or somebody else comes knocking on the door. And it kind of leaves them some flexibility as well with that one year deal because, hey, say he goes over there, things just aren't working out for some yep. reason. The Sabres disappoint, which they see, it seems like they do quite a bit. But, like, if that happens, then it's an easy contract to trade. It's a rental. You know, the franchise can still get some, you know, some value in return. But they're also showing Jack Eichel, like you said, hey, we're trying to put you in the best situation to win. Well, and if you, you look at it and you get halfway, well, again, we're not playing a full season, but. I would say if it was an 80 game season or 82 and you get halfway through that season or you get around the trade deadline, something like that, and you got a player that's making 8 million and you make that move for him and you give him a second round pick or first round, whatever it may be, you're only paying, you know, three, 4 million for that kind of a player. You know I mean, that upside to some, to a team that's just missing that big piece where yeah. we believe we're here. So yeah. And Buffalo looks at it like, you know, that 8 million may get us two first rounders. You know, we may get to the, if there is a trade deadline, I don't even know if there'll be a trade deadline, but that's the way you typically look at it in a regular season and say, we can sign this guy and we get to a certain point in the season and there's a team over there that's missing that guy and we're, we can dangle this and let's see what we can get. And yeah, we paid eight million for him. But so what you're basically doing is you're buying two first round picks for four million dollars. But because you may have a superstar, not that there's ever going to be a McDavid or, or a Matthews coming up anytime soon. But, yeah. you know, you're looking at that. You're basically saying we're we're paying four million dollars because we're going to trade them. We're going to get a couple first round picks and hopefully we'll get the first pick in the draft. We're buying that player for the future. So whether that went into their thinking or not, I have no idea. But I just think that I think it was more about Hall betting on himself. I can get eight million dollars this year, which is going to turn into four or five million. But, you know, I mean, who knows what it's even going to be, mm -hmm. um, you know, for that kid where he thought he was getting eight million. Now the season, wherever it is. Um, you know, we'll see. But I, I think at the end of the day, he's saying, yeah, I'll come here for one year. I'll play with a couple of really good players and, and give me an opportunity to put some numbers up. And then next year, hopefully everybody sees that I'm back. So entering this next season, however many games it is, assuming that it happens, you know, after <laughs> <Like that. laughs> well, I, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. I feel like there's no way the players are just going to let they can't. They can't. They uh, you in Canada. Let them not get paid. Hey, I think that there are some there are some markets in the United States, not Canada. You're never gonna have to worry about that. That there are some there are some teams where, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, are you gonna get all your fans back? I think there's some buildings that are saying we we have to play because yeah. we don't want our fans to forget about us. If we're thinking about the stars, I mean, <coughs> the stars have had their issues with, you know, when the team does poorly, yeah. nobody shows up. Well, you're yeah. coming off of a Stanley Cup run in which you weren't able to get all that extra revenue. Right. 
feel like the stars are at the top of that list where they're like, hey, no, we need to play. Like, we need to maintain this momentum. Yep. Because, I mean, like we said, you know, like we referenced, you know, this isn't exactly a hockey town, but the stars fans are very passionate. Um, you know, the stars fans that do live here are super passionate and, and right. care a lot about the team. And I think that a lot of stars fans looked at last season as like, okay, maybe I'll finally. Maybe the Stars will finally get some traction here, you know, with the Rangers and the Cowboys doing poorly. Maybe they'll start to kind of escalate, you know, in the Dallas sports scene, you know, where it's the Stars and the Mavericks, you know, back-to-back nights at the American Airlines Center, you know, that the city's buzzing about. Well, and and I wonder, and I I don't know this, I'm sure, of the season ticket holders, Uh what's the percentage of the season ticket holders and the Stars that are in the lower bowl or the diehards that are way up at the top? You know, you know what I mean? Like and yeah. those tickets, I think, are not a lot. A good portion are probably corporate or yeah. seats. So, you know, and, and you don't want to lose your base. And I don't think you're I don't think, in my opinion, in Dallas, from what I know and what I see, they're never losing that base. I mean, they're they are diehard fans, uh, which you absolutely love, because no matter how how the season goes, how you play, they're always there. I mean, every club needs them. And those are the ones that that you always stop because you see them around, but you always stop to talk to them. You always stop to sign an autograph because you know that they're not saying something shitty about you after you just signed their Jersey or something like that. You right. know, they, you know that, and that, that's what I love about the fans. And in Dallas over the years, we've got a lot of those, you know, and I've seen them. And, and so, you know, we really appreciate them, but, but again, it always comes back to the revenue when you talk about not playing, uh, yeah. you know, and, and the other thing is that some of these, um, uh, what happens with some of the the sponsors that that you know they sign these big deals to sponsor the team and do this and that? Now all of a sudden you're kind of not there, or and and then you go, okay, well you had a you had a team that went to the finals and you had a half your core was this age. How good are you guys really going to be a year from now? And yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't think you ever want to give them that chance to start thinking about should should we put more money into this club? Yeah. And you have to then think about all the make goods that you probably have to do, Yeah, you know, cause like think about all the sponsors and they're like, man, like you guys go on the Stanley cup run. Uh-huh. What happens? Like I wanted that. I wanted 16,000 people in there seeing my Dr. Pepper sign or Wells Fargo or whoever it may be. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting to think about how all of that plays into all of this craziness. And, and those even- building and those chairs are empty right now. Right. I mean, when yeah. All those salespeople, they're not there. Oh, yeah. No, the whole – basically the whole staff is furloughed. Yeah. And I don't think they're at home making calls. No, no, no. They're they're taking this – if they're if you're if you're furloughed, then you're just not – you're totally disconnected until you're yeah. called back in. That means you're not getting a paycheck, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know if you're actually working on the side then. Or you might no, be on the side, but it might be for somebody else that's paying you. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, they're, the stars – and then – it makes sense. Like we've talked about this before and how the Canadian dollar affects just the whole salary cap and everything with the NHL. And they're already, it's already seems like they're kind of, you know, behind the eight ball, so to speak financially, just in a normal year, much less whenever you have, you know, COVID shut down every single one of your team. And that's what I, that's what I meant earlier. Like the, the, the owners and the players are 50, 50, there's a 50, 50 split here in this league. And yeah. So the owners are kind of saying, Hey, so you guys are going to make 70% of the money and we're going to make 30%. That's not 50, 50 this year. Yeah. So the only way that we're going to make this thing work is you're going to have to, sorry, but you may have to take your, your 4 million and you're only going to get paid $2 million this year. 
because yeah. that's just what that's what's happening to us. We have no people in the building. And so it's either that or nothing, you know, and I, yeah. I, I we hope it never gets there. But I, I just think that that may be the last uh, last bullet that they try to fire and say, hey, we'll pull the plug on this thing. We've got to this date to get 48 games in. That's the least that we can play. You guys decide if you want to get your two or three million dollars and hopefully it never comes to that point. So, I mean, how could all these new jerseys affect things, if at all? Like, are these all plans that were made a long time ago, or is this kind of a thing where it's like, hey, we're low on revenue, let's make some new jerseys, new Well, don't forget about revenue sharing, too. So teams like uh, Carolina, Florida, some of those teams at the bottom, yeah, they probably got checks for $20, $25, 30000000 million at the end of the year. Because they're, you know, like the Toronto's are, you know, Toronto makes all this oh. money. And so when you revenue revenue share, it's something like 8%. Or mm-hmm. something. But, and that's another thing that, <clears throat> so there's this kitty that they have built up, I believe, of revenue sharing dollars or whatever. Well, what happens when that thing dries up? You know, and these teams that are getting reimbursed, uh, in Arizona, I would assume is another club that yeah. check for, I don't know, 2025 or whatever that, that number comes to at the end of the year. So there's the big teams are keeping some other teams in business. So what about uh, what, you know, the stars came out with like an all white Jersey and then they came out with like the black, the stormtrooper Stormtrooper jerseys, Yes, the stormtrooper Jersey. And then they came out with the black and the the highlight. I like, I really like the black, but I've always been a dark, Kind of the, that color has yeah. always been what I've always liked. I've always liked the away uniforms, which I think are now home uniforms or whatever. Yeah, which is weird. I feel like white should be your home uniform. <laughs> well, it always used to be. We always yeah. used to fight at home and dark was on the road. And and the reason I think that was, I heard this, I don't know, but dark, black, dark always makes you look bigger. And so you go on the road and you're playing in a hostile building. You want to look bigger than the other team. It gives you some kind of an advantage. <clears throat> that's what I heard. That's what I think we felt. I mean, you felt, you feel like you're a, a bigger group. You're just one big group coming at everybody when you have dark uniforms on uh, versus the white ones. So, so they're going to feel really small when they wear those all white. Oh boy. That one. Yeah. Well, and I kept wondering, it's a good thing. Like if you imagine when I played, when there was no advertising on the boards, yeah, all white boards. Now you got the ice, you got the boards and you just kind of blend into the walls so pretty soon it's gonna be like nascar you're gonna have like a fig newton patch on your shoulder and you'll have like a target patch on your other shoulder well it's gonna be interesting right to see i want to see it on tv like what does it look like on tv when you got the all these white jerseys on so and that's who's gonna wonder about the black and the highlighter you know yellow or green or whatever it is jersey is that gonna look as awesome with all the lights on or is it you know, well, they should have made it uh, glow in the dark. That yeah, they sh- they should have. Or just look cool. play those games in the dark. I, I think the blacks are going to look cool. Yeah, uh, I, I'll hold judgment for the whites until I see them. Yeah. Well, was uh, I mean, do you have any sort of insight on what the logic or thinking was behind that weird stars like bull uniform they came out with? The uterus. Yes. <laughs> I what, what I the heard, heck was that? What I heard that that was a contest in the offices. Whoever could come up with the next logo, and that's what somebody I don't know if you call it they won or whatever. Uh, I, so, they may have won, but we all lost. 
it's bad. But I think it's probably the biggest collector one. I mean, it's so. Don't people want to collect ugly things and, and bad jerseys and? Things? We're around. We're around the ugly sweater Christmas party time now. So like, maybe. Who's the guy that the fish stick guy uh, with the the hat on the sailor guy with the the fisherman? The oh, New York uh, Islanders have like the fisherman guy. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Fish stick guy or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. that was awful too. So there's been some bad ones, but. I think the man going back to Colorado again. I I really like those their retro that that jersey that Colorado had. Um, uh, Montreal's the the reverse color thing looks great. I mean they're all dark blue and red and white. I think it looks great. Dallas's I I like Dallas. Um, there's some other ones not so much. Um, for yeah. Me. Uh, but but what I heard. Uh, I'm trying to think what team it was. I think it was L.A. I think it was LA, but their jerseys are already sold out. Their retro sold sold out already. I, I heard the Dallas ones are going great too. So, um, and I, 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 know, I already know like three or four people that I like three or four of my friends that already bought yeah. one. Like they've already they went and bought them like day of. And I don't know if there's going to be that same excitement for the the like was it is it the reverse retro what they call the white one? Yep. Because it was confusing because <laughs> like I knew that the the reverse retro was coming out, but then the stars just came out with the black and the highlighter one yeah. when nobody else did which i fully support because i thought that we needed a new alternate jersey here that was you know yeah. that's cool like that maybe wear those on like wear those on like friday night games you know well and again that's all revenue too right i mean exactly. more, more people want them so got to get some money in the till so you know we're gonna wrap this up here in a couple minutes but i just want to get your final thoughts just you know kind of headed into this next season is there anybody from last season's playoff run or maybe somebody that you know in the stars system that stars fans should, you know, think about or have their eye on for next season. Um, that, that may step up in kind of a Karyanov or a Rope hints type way. Yeah. You know, for me, it's going to be Haskin. And I, those are the other two that I would name, but I, I just want to see Mural continue to go the direction that he's going. How close do you think he is to winning a Norris Trophy? Yeah, you know what? That that's so subjective. I, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, should he? Yeah, it always depends on. Unfortunately, I look at Seth Jones, and you know, and I had Seth here also when Coleman was here and guys like that. And I think Seth Jones, at least he's in the conversation now. But I wonder on the your team, like how how does your team do? Because you can be a you can be a superstar and be on a shitty team, and you don't really win that award. You know, you have to be on those other teams. So, a lot of time, and I don't think that's right. Um, but I mean, I, I just looked the other day, and Miro, I think he finished in the in the finished in the year best plus minus also. I mean, I had said earlier at the start of the year, I, I had felt that Garyanov and Hintz, and I think I was wrong on those two in a bit. I thought that they should have been the top two minute guys just the way that they started out and, and they would drive people back and things are happening when they had the puck. I thought they should have been the top two minute guys among forwards for the stars. Yeah. And I thought Miro should be leading that team in minutes every single night. And and he was, he did. And he yeah. should, he can play at both ends of the rink. Things are so effortless for him. Um, he doesn't just have another gear. He's got a couple other gears. Um, he's got a great shot. <laughs> he always makes the right play. That's what I've seen. He always makes the right pass. There's even times that, you know, when I got some defensemen to our, our U18 team, I'm like, move the puck, move the puck, get it there. And, and there's times that I'd be telling Miro, don't, don't, because yeah, you, you, you hang on to it. Just yeah. keep going, let him catch up to you. Um, yeah. So 
but he he just does almost everything right. And the biggest the biggest hope is always that, that a player like that stays healthy. Um, and it was an issue for him in the postseason run, as we found out later. Yeah. You know, it came out after the postseason run that he had, I think he had a, a hip strain or something like that. Which hey, everybody is everybody. Yeah. everybody right. There's this misconception: every single player in the playoffs, especially when you start getting into the final four, everybody's hurt. Everybody's got something. But mm-hmm. like what Tyler had to me is exceptional that he played through. And then you find out that he's out for, I don't know what it was, four or five months or rehab. Yeah, so four or five not, months. The, the other ones are the ones where, yeah, he was injured and, you know, he's going to be out for six weeks. Well, that's not an injury to me. I mean, yeah. that's not even worth even getting fixed. But when you were going to be out for four or five months, that, that to me tells you that's a guy that played through something. And Tyler played through something. And that's why I say that some of the, the media and the writers and people that want to jump on any player that you know is a really good player, and they don't just fall off the face of the earth. Right. There's a reason. And what you should be doing is you should be assuming that they're injured and give them credit for playing through it. Yeah. Because you're not just a bad player. And 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 then to find out what it was, and to me, this tells you about Tyler Sagan. I think Tyler went in there every day and said, I can go. I can mm-hmm. go. I can go. And he did. And um, so anyway, injuries – always come into those guys. But but I think that just the growth of the Garyana, the hints, um, to me, Garyana's got to uh, round his game out a little bit because obviously he can shoot and he can score. Yeah. Hints, I love his speed. Um, and I like the way both of those like guys like to get to the net. So it'll be interesting to see where the next level is for them. Uh, and... <clears throat> You know, and again, I just think Hintz is going to keep keep growing and and keep going. And and it's always, <clears throat> you know, I had said that I think everybody did that at the beginning of this whole thing, the team that wins the Stanley Cup with everything that they had to go through, and they spent sixty nine days in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, whoever wins that Stanley Cup, it could be the hardest cup to ever win. It just everything that they had to go through, getting tested every day, and however they do all that testing kind of stuff. And then when it was over, I, I did a complete 180. Knowing that Dallas had to go through the same thing that they did and Dallas walks away with nothing, to me, that's the hardest. That was the toughest team. It was the hardest on Dallas more than it was anybody else because those other guys, when that final buzzer went off, they forgot all about the other 69 days. Yeah. We're all thinking, let's get on our jet skis and our sea dues and we're getting on the coast and we're going to ride around with the cup. What's the day with the cup? Well, but, but I mean, but Dallas, Jamie Ben summed it up with what everybody saw there, what Toast showed that clip of Jamie yeah. summed it up. And that's the way every player felt, whether they displayed it that way or it hit them three days later. And I'm sure there, there's a big part of those guys that went, we went through all of that shit. And we got nothing. We got zero. Yeah. And now they expect us to do it again next year. That's all the weight that you carry, um, you know, coming off of something like that. Now, the, the winner of it, yeah, they, they, you know, they're a good team. They have salary cap issues, so they're going to lose a couple guys again. Um, but they tried to pass Tyler Johnson through waivers. Well, they nobody would take him. Yeah. Five million, but his game has kind of gone downhill a little bit too. But nobody yeah. can take him. That's the other yeah. thing is everybody's strapped. And everybody expected the cap to, to, I think they said it was going to go up to 94, 95 minutes. Well, it didn't. It's kind of almost going down. 
Yeah. So they were all planning ahead saying, well, next year we can do this because next year we're going to have an extra five or six million to spend. Yeah. Okay. So now they're all scrambling to get rid of some of these guys. Like Tampa's going to have to, uh, you know, I hear Kalorn's name and I think he's a really, really good forward. Um, anytime you win a Stanley Cup, you never want to see anybody go. Anybody. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think Jim Nill and those guys have done a pretty good job with their salary cap. And so they don't have to say goodbye to anybody unless they want to say goodbye to somebody. Um, so we'll see where that all ends up. But anyway, it'll be it'll be real interesting, especially with all of this stuff that's going on too, to see how Dallas starts the year. And mm. and I would say that in any year. And I and I but that last one to me, when to me it's like somebody just came up to you and booted you right in the nuts. Like when that game's over mm. and, and you got nothing. You know, you got nothing out of that thing and you got that close. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they come back and it, it'll tell you a lot about them. Oh, it always does about the character inside the room. And, um, you know, but the guys like the Corey Perry is wherever he's going to be, or if he's back, Hugh Dobin, the older guys, yeah, Radulov guys that Corey's got a cup. Pavs doesn't have a cup. You know what I mean? And, and Radulov doesn't, and Jamie doesn't have a cup and, you know, guys like that, it'll be interesting to see what kind of, what they come back with the taste in their mouth. When, when they come back after all this. So I want to end on this because you just mentioned, you know, after you win a cup, you never want to see anybody go. Well, when you guys won the cup in 99, I'll never forget this, that Jamie Langenbrunner was traded for Jason Arnett the following off season. And my mom tells this story all the time. I was so upset that I would not speak for four days. So I just want to know if the same sentiment was in the, in the locker room when, you know, Langenbrunner got, traded like that was that the biggest was that the biggest or the toughest off-season departure that you ever dealt with like that no, i mean it i think it, when you're around you're there when you play for a long time you, you, that happens you see it, yeah. it it after a while it becomes part of the game yeah um more than anything you're pissed off at the management um mm-hmm. that you did that right but then when you get away from the game and you get on other sides you understand why you have to do it. Again, salary cap, you may see as good of a player as he is, we can get something back that we think is going to help us be a little bit better, improve in this area. We have enough guys like that. But See, 10-year-old Shippy was not thinking about salary cap. No, no. He was just thinking about, I love Jamie Langenbrunner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think you probably have that. You know, if you're a a fan of whatever that player is, you can never understand it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, that's, those are, they're tough decisions, I think, for them guys and um, upstairs, but I think they're always doing it from a standpoint of, we want, we need to get a little bit better. Yeah. We think we can, we got it, but if we can just tweak this a little bit, because I don't know, who was the last team to win two cups? Was it Pittsburgh? Back to back, I'm talking. Back to back? Yeah. Detroit, was it? It was Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh, did it. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. It's not easy anymore to do that, you know, with the salary cap. I mean, it's not like, you know, when we won in 99 here, even the one that we had in Montreal, but you could go out and you could kind of, because there wasn't that cap, you could go out and get your players. Mm. I want that guy. How much we got to pay you to get get that guy? Yeah. So, and now in that salary cap era, uh, it's not easy to do. Um, But again, when you've got a Malkin and a Crosby and a Latang uh, and a Flurry. Uh, that Pittsburgh did, 
you got, I mean, you talk about you build from your net out. <laughs> and so you got a goalie, you got a defenseman, you got two superstars in the front. So, which is exactly what Jimmy Rutherford, the, the GM there in Pittsburgh has done. He said, hey, I still got two guys here. One's 33, one 34, whatever he is. Um, um, he makes he makes more moves. It, it, it's like a gumball machine. He just puts it in and they, he just takes players and he brings in new players. And I think, and I give him credit for it because I got these two key pieces and I'm going to keep making moves until we can, if we can win another cup, because it's going to be a long time before we win another one. Once we get back to the, to the young kids and you know where we are now. So you got an opportunity to win it. You go out and you do everything you can to win it. Well, I actually just got a text from my mom. It was when Joe Newendike got traded that I was Is your mom watching this right now? Yeah. Yeah. She's on here. I think, I don't know. I can't tell. But the only one watching. No, no, I see three in, in the top oh, left. There's three of them on there. Earlier, we had like 15 when we first got rolling. I and can then, like, the street to the pub, and I can get more people than that to listen. <laughs> well, hey, we're this is episode one, so oh. I think 15 people at the gate. And then, like, we've been floating, you know, anywhere between six, seven, and down. Have you seen any of them clapping emojis on there or anything like that? Well, uh, no, I'm not seeing any clapping emojis on here, but that is a great. Anybody giving us the finger? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Oh, it's only a matter of time for that. All right. Uh, but that is a great reminder to everybody. If you're tuning in right now, you know, for this episode and future episodes, you can comment right here directly uh, into StreamYard, and I can highlight it just like that. Like I just highlighted that little like fake menu thing. I can click on it, and your picture will show up, and you'll be semi-famous because you're on the Two Stars One Cup podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Not what I'm looking for, but I. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't looking for you to comment. I'm listening to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, it's man, it's been awesome uh, talking hockey with you as always. Uh, I'm really looking forward to you know knocking out season two with the Hockey Podcast Network hey, in the Dallas. We might get canceled after this episode one, so this might we wish to say hi too. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna say thanks to everybody who's tuning in, who's listened, who joined the live stream live. Give us one more chance. Give yeah, us give us one more, more chance, chance please. Uh, maybe leave some comments on the next one so that. Um, you know, the, the people running the Hockey Podcast Network are super impressed with us, and uh, we can continue providing stars coverage and uh, just keep bullshitting with y'all. And, and we're looking for beer sponsors, right? Yes, we're looking for all sponsors. Oh, we're, yeah. close, we're close to having one sponsor already, which is encouraging, but where there can never be too many. And as you can see on this nice little – oh, here we go. Look at this. We got Tyler Guest saying more stars coverage. We got our first comment here. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have tons of stars coverage for you, Tyler. Don't you worry. Speaking of beer, though. Sagan? No, no, that's not Tyler Sagan. That's Tyler Guest. They're, they get confused all the time, though, for one another. So, uh, Luds, it's been a pleasure talking hockey with you. And, um, yeah, we will see you on the next episode of Two Stars, One Cup. Do you have anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, I got to go to work. Oh, you got to go to work? Yeah, we, uh, got a U18, we got a U18 game at 2 o'clock. Well, good luck with your game. Now, the Hockey Podcast Network tells me I'm supposed to play a video at the end of this, but I'm not sure which one. So I'm just going to hit this one. And then at some point, I'm going to end the broadcast, and I'll have this more figured out for next week. All right. Here on Two Stars, One Cup. See you, Lutz. <laughs>